0: Can you actually learn how to build confidence and get in the zone where good fortune seems to flow your way? Is being happy or content for losers? And are you creating what
1: you really want, or are you just avoiding failure? Author and Silicon Valley Renaissance man Kamal Ravikant is here to discuss the dangers of being driven by fear, plus a simple practice to build confidence and keep you in the zone. is this better i hear you i hear you i hear you
2: awesome man I hear you too nice to hear your voice we finally we did it <laughs> you you made it happen <laughs> you really did i love your persistence dude whatever you do in life you i am gonna support you that's what it takes
1: <laughs> you know I'm, I'm a coach i i'm uh, i'm i'm cracking the whip for a lot of guys out there so oh, is that what you do yeah so so getting lining up in interviews uh you know cake yeah. <laughs> getting getting guys to follow through on building businesses and living dreams is is the fun the real the real deep digging stuff so that's funny yeah
2: funny. yeah How hey, are you thank do- you for thank you for reading the book by the way man that means a lot to me
1: not only yeah. that been been you know i think most of my clients have read it now my wife loved it um, wow. both of them both of them so it's been um yeah it's it's been a genuine pleasure to recommend it to others and um, you know, most of the guys that I talk to don't like to read. That's why they listen to a podcast. So uh <laughs> they don't have to. So it's nice that it's it's just concise. It gets right in there. And you, you did a beautiful job. So thank you.
2: Yes, I wrote the book that I'd wanna that that I would read. Yes. You know? <laughs> good. <laughs> Especially when you're down. You don't want to read complicated stuff. Oh. You don't want to read theory. It's like that's the worst thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Here's what I like Here's give me the steps.
1: Give me give me the good stuff. I don't I don't have a lot of time that's for it. anything else. So that's it, yeah. Right on, man. Well, I, I want to make sure before we get started, uh, the the correct pronunciation of your last name. Uh, Ravikant. Ravikant. Okay, great. And then I was just going to introduce you. Yeah, I was just going to um, introduce you as the author of, the, of of Live Your Truth and Love Yourself, like uh, your life depends on. Is that cool, or you want something else? Yeah, that's
2: perfect. And I'm a I, I'm a you know I run a venture fund in Silicon Valley. I'm a you know serial entrepreneur in Silicon Valley since the first dot com boom. Okay. You can say whatever you want.
1: Okay. All right, I'll just make some shit up then. We'll yeah, see how it goes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember, like, um, how old are you? Uh, 40. All right, so I'm 42. Remember, like, there was this rapper uh, when we were kids, and I forget this line, but I just always remember this line Ladies love me, girls adore me, even the ones that don't know me. I thought that was like the best bio ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need, just a few mm-hmm. sentences. Who is Kamal? <laughs> i mean it's like that's what you wish your bio could be you know that that's it i mean as men in the end that's it <laughs> well i
1: mean yeah let's get a bigger broader picture of you 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 earned your u.s army army infantry patch you I was, at, yeah. you you had a previous job where you watched a lot of people die you hiked the himalayas you meditated with tibetan monks and then uh and now you're, you're out sweating it out in silicon valley is that safe to say
2: yeah. But now I'm investing. There's no sweat involved in investing, man. That's what you do when you don't want to work for a living. Okay. All right. Well, NBC tells you they work for a living is telling you is full of shit. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about the practice thing. Cause
1: you know, where this practice, I love myself. It's a practice that's made a big impact on my life. It's made a big impact on my coaching clients. Obviously it's helped you a lot, but where were you before? What were you experiencing? Like what what was going on for you that had you land on okay. I got to start doing this. Paint, oh, by the paint, way, paint me is that picture. That's
2: going, or is it? We're doing we... it, man. We're doing huh? it. We're oh, we it. are awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I better get on the ball. All right, so tell ask me that question again. Where were you? What was going on in your life that would have you arrive
1: at doing this practice? Just, just paint the picture. You don't have to tell us. You know, yeah, just give yeah. me that, like, because. Because I'm hearing that things are good now. But I imagine yeah. you didn't just like, hey, you know what? It's, it's a Friday afternoon. I'm going to come you know, up with this cool practice. Yeah, so,
2: yeah, dude, I was so not the love yourself guy. And you know? I'm still not. But like, it's like, I didn't believe in that stuff. I didn't believe in happiness. I used to like scoff at that. Even the concept of love, you know, I was like, you know, in the valley, you're just driven and building stuff and, and, you know, like how many, how big your exit is. And it was literally when I hit rock bottom, I just like everything collapsed, Right. And I've noticed that with a lot of successful entrepreneurs, everyone goes through their rock bottom moment, their dark, you know, night in the cave, the whole hero's journey thing. And I, I got really sick. You know, my company was falling apart. I had all my money into it. A bunch of my friends had put money into it. It was everything was falling apart. I had gone through a breakup. One of my best friends died. It was all at the same time. And the doctor was throwing around diagnoses that were very scary. They didn't know and and. And I was just bedridden. I couldn't go to work. You know, I had to like just leave the company and just as- and watch it fall apart and hope that people could take care of it. And I was miserable. I mean, miserable was a good day. I mean, really, like wow. miserable. I would have like I would have wished for miserable, right? And I mean, I was like honestly, I was, suic- you know, I was suicidal. Miserable, the works, just locked in my room, and you know, just. And probably not talking about this with other people. Like, this
1: was your own little private little world that you were in. There
2: you go. When we need to talk most is when we we hide the most. You know, it's a classic male thing, right? Right. And it was just one morning I woke up and it was just like, I can't do this anymore. I I just can't. Like, this this sucks. Like, I, I refuse. And I staggered over my desk. And I just, I have this journal where sometimes I write my thoughts. And I just wrote down with my pen. It was like, I literally almost carved it onto my desk. This vow that I made that I'm done. I'm just done with this and I'm gonna, and I don't know where it came from, just I'm gonna like love myself. I'm gonna get out of this. I've loved women, I've loved people, I've loved companies, I've loved things. I'm just gonna focus on myself and I'm gonna get better. Why, was it,
1: dirty, this- why was it a dirty word before then? I heard you say that you didn't like happiness, you didn't like love. What, was, what did that mean to you then,
2: before then? You know, then? It, you know it, was, it seemed too wishy-washy. It just seemed too like uh, Pollyanna where like you do that but you're not creating great things in life. So, you know, to create
1: great things in life, you
2: had to not be happy? You almost have to push yourself and work hard and suffer. Yeah. Go figure. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, I I bump into this all the time, too. It's this, it's
1: so silly, but was somewhere along the, the way, like we get into this, like, well, if you want to be happy in life, you got to be miserable, but then you can't really be happy, you know, because then you're settling or there's, there's some weird,
2: that I mean, is just fucked logic, isn't it? I mean, it really is. And also, I think part of it comes from like, you know, like, so say when I was in the army or whatever, it's like you push yourself, you're miserable, but you get through it and you're, and it's great. It's awesome. You build a company, it's miserable. You're like, you know, sleeping under your desk, you have no social life, but then you sell it. It's awesome. It's almost, you're working for the outcome, right? Some
1: big finish line. There's some Yeah, big
2: finish line that will solve everything. And then you reach there, you're like, okay this is what do I do now yeah then you find another one and you find another one you know it's, it's the irony in life right it's it's the, the class you know cliches exist for a reason it's the journey not the destination classic cliche well you know all those people have said it thousands you know been things saying for thousands of years is a reason why they say it
1: yeah yeah so, well I, mean, I just really- wonder I wonder how many guys are out there because I I can't remember which which book it was I think it was Tal ben shahars one of his uh books on happiness but he talks about like there's there's the happiness we get from creating things and like going through you know we're we already at a baseline and we and we are building up from there we're getting better and better at something and we're enjoying it et cetera. Et cetera. and then there's the type of happiness it's like the drowning principle it's like you take air away from me and I think I'm gonna die and then when you give me that breath again I'm like oh my god I'm so happy and that and somehow we equate that just surviving part as happiness and but we, all we did was just go down to the bottom and, and come back to the baseline again. We didn't actually make any progress. And it sounds like that's where, it's a cycle that we could get into. We're not really making progress here. We're just depriving ourselves of the things that we really want. And then when we imagine we're going to get them back again, that's where we'll be happy.
2: Yeah, and I'm actually even thinking, you know, beyond happiness, I think a deeper thing, and I talk about this in your book, is fulfillment. Because fulfillment is a deeper place. When we do things that fulfill us, or when we live lives that fulfill us, happiness is a natural byproduct, mm. and so are other things. Mm-hmm. So rather than focusing, you know, get happiness, you can go take drugs. You can like jump into a new relationship and have the whole, you know, fun with that. But then that that fades, or you can right. do this new thing and that fades, and do this. You know, if you chase that, I think you're chasing just a moving target. Yeah. Versus if you really focus on who you are and who you want to be and work on that and who you want, you know, what you want to create in the world. You know, and when I say create it could be anything, it could be writing, it could be a company, it could be a book, it could be a blog, it could be a, you know, your children, whatever. Right. Whatever you're creating in the world, you focus on that, it becomes, it's deeper. Yeah. And you find that in people who you like, you know, you find, I found that people who have like a, a, like a great presence around them that have an inner sense that just radiate happiness. Mm. They are doing things that fulfill them. They're living lives that are fulfilling.
1: I get the sense like, you know, when we're, as we're talking about this, happiness is this peak experience. It's something that happens in a moment. You know, we won something or she said she'd go out with me or mm-hmm, my baby's mm-hmm. born or whatever. And, it, and so we're a little, we don't trust that. It's transient. It's going to come and go. Fulfillment is that thing. It's like we're, we're building upon it. It's this foundation. Um, and I think this is where the practice comes in. Because if we have, if we're, what are we building our, the foundation of our life on?
2: Yeah. You know, what do we stand for? I mean, if you figured out what we stand for and just decide to live that, life just transforms. Its, this reality just warps itself around us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, what I discovered for myself was like figure out what I st- stood for and just like make an obsessive commitment. The same kind of commitment I would do to build a company, but make the commitment to being my, that version of myself. And you chose the phrase, I love myself.
1: So let's connect the dots between that. Yeah. I'm going to make this commitment. And the phrase that you use, this mantra that, 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 that comes across for you is, I love myself. So, you know, connect the dots for that.
2: I don't know where it came from. It came from inside. It came from uh, desperation. I honestly, really, there was not a conscious thought. It was me just miserable, you know, striking around my desk and writing that down. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I finished that, I wrote down, like, I was just going to love, my, love myself in a way that was just going to be complete, like truly and deeply in every thought, and every action, every moment I was conscious, I was going to focus on that for me. Mm. And I remember sitting down after that thinking, what the, what did I just write? What the, what is, like, but I made a vow and I made a vow to myself and a vow to yourself, you know, when you, when it comes from that kind of place is a very, very special thing. That's where your life transforms. Mm. And I knew, and I instinctively knew that. And so I had to do it. You felt that, you felt like that was,
1: that was the word, that was the. That was the spot, you know, if like, you know, we've got a pain in our back, that's going to be the spot that you rub into. It's a little painful, but that's it. That's the one that's tender.
2: I guess. I mean, I'd made that vow and this came out and like, I had to keep that vow to myself Mm. and I didn't know how to do it. You know, there weren't no books around me. And like, honestly, if there were books with the title Love in it, I would have avoided them.
1: Well, I, that's what happened to me. AJ, AJ <laughs> Jacobs, send me your book. Send me this thing. And I remember my first reaction was, you know, it was like, love yourself. I was like, oh, kid, get, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I know I'm onto something like, oh, check it out. If if I have this kind of a reaction, check it out. And and uh, I'm really glad that I did, obviously. But I remember that. It was a split second. Like, there's there's something wrong with this. You know, I grew up in a house, my dad was a cowboy and a cop, and you don't you don't talk about yourself. You All don't right. celebrate your wins and otherwise it's arrogant or disrespectful. You don't build yourself up or inflate yourself. Um and I think because of that, we are raised to diminish ourselves or diminish the things that we bring to the table. Um so it just seems wrong. It seems repulsive and, and I I guess how is this different or how did you start to separate the this from narcissism and, and like self absorption, which is the fear. I'm going to be seen as self absorbed you know, and narcissistic.
2: Sometimes a little self absorption is a good thing. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I Go mean, for narcissism, it. I think, you know, people, uh, people misinterpret that in a society. Narcissism is like posting your photos in your bikini on Twitter. That's narcissism. Mm. Loving yourself in a true manner where you start to take care of yourself and you know, allow good things in your life and cut out the negative things in your life. That's not narcissism. That's healthy. That's being an ally to yourself. Yeah, I mean, narcissism really is like looking for external validation, right? Loving yourself, truly loving yourself, is for internal validation that comes from just being yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, being the being the like becoming the person or being the person you you wish you could be, and you do that by by being gentle with yourself. You know, we beat ourselves all the time. I mean, I'm a classic case of that. I'm very hard on myself. And it took something like this to make me just be gentler with myself. I, and, I think that's a harder, I,
1: harder thing for guys to grasp, is like, if, if you, this voice, this negative voice, was some guy that lived in your world with you, you'd beat his ass. At oh, some you, point, you'd, you'd have to beat his him. ass.
2: Yeah. You know, here's the irony is, life works easier when you get rid of this. I don't think you can get rid of this, because the mind is a, is, a, is a rat cage, it's a monkey, right? Yeah. But it just you just pay attention to it less. It doesn't carry the same weight anymore because mm-hmm. you have like you build in yourself this other pattern, this other way of being that's just gentle, that's softer, that actually looks for the good inside you, looks for the good outside of you. And you know what you see, what you seek is what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's inside or outside. I knew none of this when I did that. Like I actually remember sitting back thinking, okay, now what do I do? And I just like thought of the simplest thing I could do and I just started repeating myself. I love myself, I love myself, like in my head, right? And sometimes I would shower just loud, and then I would start to make myself feel it, like force myself to feel it. And you know, I have a background in science as well, so I know neuroscience pretty well, and I know neuroplasticity and how the brain works. And if you, you know, it's you lay down thought pathways, eventually, you know, you, the, the neurons that wire, fire together wire together, you ever heard that phrase? Right, right. If you do that, you know, your strongest neural connections happen with emotion, emotional experiences. So I just started like making myself feel that emotion to myself consistently, consistently, consistently. I started meditating. I came up with this meditative practice where I'm lazy. I hate to meditate, so it was like a seven minute meditation where, like, I did to particular music. So I was anchoring my mind to that meditation, so that every time I listened to that music, my mind would just go into that space, and mm-hmm. I would just imagine light coming and just I love myself. I love myself. I just tried things. What felt right, you know, I noticed a difference in myself. I kept everything else. I threw away. And then it ended up coming down to three things, which, you know, just three basic things that I talked about in the book. And it worked like within a few weeks, like my mind was completely different. Within a month, my life was transformed.
1: You went from slobbering, crawling mess across the floor to write something down to actually feeling more empowered. And it came from more of the inside out than this. Because I think everyone's looking outside. Well, if I have more money, if I have more Facebook likes or what more status, whatever, then that's going to be the thing that buoys me up. Um, And you you found
2: a way to self generate. The problem with the money and the Facebook likes is they they do give us that little dopamine release, but the problem is then you crave more. It's a drug. I mean, I look at all that. I I quit all those to meth, right? You get a little bit more. Get a little bit. You get a little dopamine release. You want more. Without the weight loss, tea, though,
1: you don't get the yeah, weight loss. Yeah, the fallout. Yeah. You know,
2: like <laughs> <laughs> you know, like whenever you see, seek seek external validation, you will then seek more of it. You will need more of it. You will never reach that point. Oh, I've reached. This is it. I've enough. I've arrived. Right. But if you go from within, here's the irony: you go from within, that stuff comes to you. Well, that's well, that's what I wanted to
1: talk about because you know what we're really talking about is a sense of wholeness, right? So the world can be this place that I try to get something to fill me up, or the world can be a place where I'm I'm here to give, I'm here to contribute. It's an inside out thing, and yeah, and, and I think we've all had moments where we're like, well, God, why are, why I'm I'm just in the zone? Like, girls are looking at me, mm-hmm, like work mm-hmm, opportunities mm-hmm, are coming, in. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems. Mysterious, but if you really track it down there, it's not so magical. It's that we've landed in a place in that sweet spot where we're feeling we're, we're generating this place, we're in a, in a place of wholeness. And I, I, th- I a lot of guys are like, oh, I'm just, I don't know what happened there, but I think, I think we're onto it here. When, when we start to to generate that, we're always coming back to this place of I'm already okay, I'm already lovable, I, I love myself. Um, then we're not grasping for things out in the world. Is that your experience too? yeah
2: and actually one of, another very important thing I learned I mean this is key is that we just think that okay, I've learned my lesson so I'll just be this way yeah that's that's crap because like, our minds you know like so you know, given our ages, like you know we have like so many years, we have decades of our minds being a certain way. we think like learning a lesson it'll, it'll just shift completely? No it's, you know the minds have to be trained. You have like all, it's all like this weight of like years of thinking you're going against. It's the same, it's like going to a gym, you know, I love to work out. And so like, I kind of took that philosophy of working out. Like if I work out tomorrow and then I don't work out for two months, my body's going to show it. I do the same thing with the mind. I, you know, so that's where I came up with that, trying all these things. And then just like what work, making it a practice and doing it day in, day out. So it's like then my mind showed it. And because my mind showed it, my life showed it. But you had a visceral experience. You talk
1: about it in the book when you laid out. Things were good. Oh, well, I don't have to do this anymore. Mm. I found I found the solution.
2: I've, that's it. I've, I have figured it
1: out, right? I figured it out. So I'm done. <laughs> I can just go back to beating the shit out of myself. Again. Yeah.
2: And, you know, life shows. It's like, you know, I get emails from people all the time. Like a lot of people email me and, and from who read the books. And it's amazing, like the transformations that they get. And and some of them, you know, I keep on telling them, listen, the one key thing is don't slide when things get better. Because trust me, I do it. I still do it in my life shows. And that reminds me, hey, step up, buddy. You know, like, I, mean, I, I don't know why we're inherently lazy when it comes to taking care of ourselves, but we're great when it comes to beating ourselves up.
1: Yeah, no well, this, it's this—it's this idea that there's exoneration that, that that life actually is a series of finish lines, and 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 it's not this continuous. Do the work, get in there, and mm. and and do the work. We're, we we really believe that there's going to be exoneration. There's going to be this place where, ah, oh, now I can finally relax, and now I can finally have the life that I really want because I took care of all that shit. You know, that I was you know I was waiting to do this, and now I can finally do it. And it's like, no, it's now. This is it. This is yeah. all you got right now.
2: Life is just do the work. And the thing is, do the work in the internal and the external will just blow your socks off. Mm. That's what I've learned. You know, I've worked so hard. I've worked so many years of working on the external, doing the work in the external. And now doing the work in the internal, the things that I wanted, I've always wanted that weren't happening are happening so easily. It's almost silly. Yeah? Like I walk around tickle sometimes. <laughs> Like, like, you, like, you Mr. Anti Happiness, and now Mr. Yeah. Tickles. Is that, yeah? Right? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I still go through crap, right? I still go through moments of like feeling really down. I went through a really bad mm. breakup at the end of last year, someone I really loved, and it was hard. Mm-hmm. And you feel these things, and you go through them, and you come out quicker, and you come out better, mm-hmm. you know? And because you're, it's, this is something, you know, you just work on shifting the inside. A friend of mine, the best piece of advice I've ever heard was he, a very wise guy. I've actually, have a chapter, uh, I always mentioned a wise friend in all my books, and it's him, actually, uh, something that he says, and he told me, life is from the inside out. I've mm. really come to believe that. Mm-hmm. Like, you work on in your inner self, the outer self will just naturally take care of yourself, because you will be better, and because you're better, the people around you will be better. You know, it's like the whole thing, like you said, you know, when you're feeling a certain way, all of a sudden, girls notice it. Right. You know, what is it? Like, you didn't dress any differently or whatever. Right. It's just, you know, and we, we're all like, Far more intuitive beings than we are, our logical beings, right? Well, and so, if you're being a certain way, the world around you will respond.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because I, I think that some guys are waiting until they feel confident. Mm-hmm. They they, they want to be able to go into a scarier, risky situation and feel strong or feel sure as they go into it. But I think the mistake is in thinking that confidence comes from feeling certain about an outcome. Uh, it comes from it comes from a knowing that that more of that that foundational, that, that fulfillment place, that wholeness, then the outcome itself. And, and, and I think it's the knowing that I'll be okay, right? So shit still happens, mm-hmm. even though we're doing this practice, but um, it sounds like it's helping you, even though shit still comes down, down the road for you, it helps,
2: is it, is it helping you become more resilient? Oh, I mean, I've always been resilient, but what it does is it makes me more open, like life still works. One thing may be off, but the rest will be just going gangbusters. Mm. The whole thing doesn't have to fall apart. Mm-hmm. That makes any sense. I don't know if it does. What do you mean? Like, for example, like when I was going through the breakup, I was like really, you know, I was really hurting. and But yet, like I was building a venture fund and people were like throwing themselves to like on, in front of me to put, give me money mm-hmm. for my fund. And it was a new venture fund, right? And it was like, that doesn't happen, hmm. right? So like something that I always dreamed of. And all of a sudden, like this little book I'd written. Was a huge bestseller. Like that, this book has sold, sells like a New York. It's self-published, and it sells as much as New York Times bestsellers. So all these big and big external things I've always wanted to be a, you know, to to be an author, blah blah blah, just happen so naturally. So one thing may be off, but as long as I'm working myself, other things are hap- happening great. And then you're getting better, and you'll get through whatever the painful experience was, and you'll be better for it. And then it'll just draw other better things to you, you know, other better people to you. Um, it does life. Doesn't sideline me Hmm. anymore, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about kind of the fuel of what drives us. I talked a little bit, you know, with wholeness that what can be driving me is to, you know, get something, to get somewhere, to to to, or to avoid. It could be fear, like fear of failure. Um, that can be what's driving me. Versus, what do I want to create? What do I want to give? What do I want to contribute? You talked about when your business was was uh, you were really you know struggling with the business and you realized what was driving you, yeah. uh, you. What was that?
2: Yeah, this was actually after I did the practice. It kind of like unlo- unloose- it loosened up my mind a lot and I really got some great insights on myself. And the, you know, the best insights are the ones that come from within, not that people tell you because you can't rationalize them away. And this is when I realized I was, the way I built it, it wasn't that I was, everybody thought I was driven to succeed. It wasn't that I was driven to not fail. Two different things very two opposite things you will end up with two very different outcomes paint the yeah, picture what's
1: what what is driven to not fail deliver
2: deliver to well not fail is you're always saving the day, but you're always having crisis hmm. and you know that's not sustainable, man. No wonder I guy I got so sick and go worn out and things fell apart. Mm-hmm. you know that was like after three years of doing that nonstop mm-hmm. um you know, but it was like I had no idea that 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 was what was driving me. It was like had to like. Actually emotionally start taking care of myself from the inside out, and then I realized this that that was the driving for motivation, and that boy, that shifted. you know so my motivation is, is shifted, and you know once you realize this, it's like it's almost like knowledge, self-knowledge is the first step, and then the, then the second step is actually creating something new, and that just logically happens once you realize it, because you realize, I can't be this way anymore, right. so you choose to be different.
1: yeah. And so, what is it? What if if you're if you know the ideal, the old idea was to, to not fail. What is what's the new thing? What do you call the new thing?
2: Uh the living. It's actually I'm looking at the <laughs> copy of my new book. Uh, it's living my truth. It's like being the best that I can be, mm. being my best self. And trust me, I fail spectacularly. Like <laughs> I mean, like, failure is you know, now
1: an option. It is before where it wasn't, and that that's what has us live small.
2: Yeah. I mean like live I mean failure is okay. I fail spectacular and I just get up and I move forward. Mm. You know, maybe I'll beat myself a little bit up, but I'll get up and I'll remind myself. Oh yeah, that's part of the process. And get up and step up. Step mm-hmm. up. Step up. Every day if you're working at stepping up, you know, a month later, you'll be on top of a mountain. Yeah. I just I just love that because I don't think the guys realize
1: that there's a real difference between being driven not to fail versus, you know, living our truth, so you, as you say um, that, that they, they kind of are are the same thing. Right. But what I've found is that when I'm creating from fear or shame or lack some kind of scarcity thing, it just seems to breed more of that. Yeah. That that just more of that shit seems to show up in my life instead of, you know, being able to say, what is it that I truly want? And let's, let's work on that. But that always takes us into uncertainty instead of, that other path always seems to be about what are the threats. I'm always looking for the threats and I'm and I'm trying to pick them off. Um, but if I focus on what I want, I'm not sure where that
2: path is going to lead. And that's where all the great things are. I yeah. mean, like, you know, it's like I was telling, I gave a talk on entrepreneurship once and I said, you know, for, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be, you have to be completely comfortable with uncertainty, mm. you know, and to do, to be great in anything in life, you have to be comfortable with uncertainty, you know, any think great, anything worth doing involves risk. Love involves risk, creating a company involves risk, writing a book, you name it. Anything like that'll put you on the map for what you want involves risk. Risk to your ego especially, right? What if it doesn't go out the way you plan? And that is actually where we need to keep, especially as men, we need to like, we're driven to go out and do things. And if you can just like realize that, that feeling that fear and risk is actually part of the process, you feel it like, oh good, I'm on the right path. Move, step up. You know th- things we do blow our socks off, yeah, well,
1: the picture that I'm getting like there's a flow chart here. if I start if I really drill in and I do this practice, loving myself, love myself, I love myself, that is what has me become more uh, of uh, able to take risk. I'm more willing to take risk because I'm already okay, yeah, i'm doing I'm doing a lot better. Things yeah. will come along, and I'll get bumped around, but i'm a lot I'm a lot tougher and I'm a lot more capable than I think, but it, it really. Is dependent upon that practice and and really grounding ourselves in that place. So, and if I'm willing to take risks, then I don't have to play this game of what do I no longer, you know, what am I avoiding? What am I, you know, what failures am I avoiding? I'm able to go for what I really want. Is that that the flowchart
2: you got on your whiteboard right there? (laughs) My internal whiteboard. (laughs) What's interesting is, I think as you do this, you find, you discover that things you thought you wanted are not necessarily the things you want. You also discover more about what you really want when you just work on yourself from the inside out. What shifted
1: for you? Like what? Give me an example.
2: I really thought, like, um, I was going to go build another company. I was going to go, you know, for all the lessons I'd learned, I was going to go build something great and, you know, have a great exit and all that blah, blah, blah. I realized, no, all I want to do is just help people that I love and work with people I love on my terms when I feel like doing it. Hmm. And a venture fund was perfect because I get to invest in very, very talented entrepreneurs, and these are all people I care about. And I, you know, the the people who invest in my fund are people who trust my ability to actually invest their in money wisely, and they're very excited. So I'm helping them. I'm just the lucky guy in the middle. Beautiful. Right? It's perfect. I mean, I can't think of a now. You know, I write, I write, and I, you know, I'm actually have publishers approaching me and stuff, and I self publish because I control my voice, mm. right? And I can put out to the world exactly what I want to say. Be honest, and it's actually really helping people, right? I go out and advise companies. I get asked to advise and consult all the time. I turn most of them down only with things I care about. The money just comes on its own, right? And it's weird. I stop worrying about money and it just happens.
1: Do you like, think that, because uh, I, I, it sounds like <clears throat> we've got these paths, right? Okay, so I want to feel fulfilled. And mm-hmm. from the place of not failing, right, my mm-hmm. life is not failing. Like, like, Life becomes this Rube Goldberg machine where all these things have to align and, and this craziness has to happen. And then at the end of the machine, then I will feel fulfilled. Because right. that's ultimately what I want. But it seems like if we just you know, create from this place of what oh, fulfills me, yeah, it's, it's much closer. I, what I'm hearing and what, and what I've experienced is this, it's just a lot closer. It doesn't have to go through all this stuff and be dependent upon all these other external factors. Um, but the experience we ultimately want is really, really much closer.
2: Yeah. Start with the outcome. and uh, Start with the outcome. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> but I
1: think Star- a lot of guys, that their outcome is the money or the thing, but they haven't, they haven't, they haven't brought it back to the experience, which is fulfillment.
2: And the irony is the money and, and the, the things will come yeah. if you start from that. It'll come far easier. There'll be far less struggle. There'll be struggle. Like, let's say, you know, I'm, no one's banging on my door with, with, a, with a, like a suitcase full of unmarked 20s, mm-hmm. right? And then I'm working <laughs> for it, right? right. Uh, but it's, it's it's from a very, like, v- from a very relaxed place. Mm. It's like there's no desperate intensity. It's kind of nice. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that, you, it's the working, old guy. It's old guy that things have to
1: be suffering and tough. You don't have to. Dude, have that to. was
2: me. It was like, oh my god, that was so me, you know. And mm-hmm. I was so proud of myself, and I carried. I was like, there was a, there was pride in there. Like, look at, you know, what I'm doing. I'm, uh, what I'm overcoming. Blah blah blah. That's such nonsense. Yeah. You know, we we can overcome things, but we don't have we don't have to make that part of her consciously. Make that part of her path. You know, it's far better to. Um, the things I'm overcoming now, I'm actually a uh, far more fulfilling than say the things I was overcoming before, which I could have actually avoided.
1: Wow! I, you know, I wonder if this is because you know you and I are around the same age. If, if I don't know if we could have heard this message when we were 22 and young, dumb, and full of come. I, I
2: just I wonder I, I, if someone had given me this book, man. Like I kid you not, I wrote this. Like I, I half the time I write to my, I, I realize I write because I'm writing to myself as a reminder. Yeah. This book, like I wrote, um, I. I wish someone had given it to me and just smacked me upside the head. And like until I just started applying it, I really think my life would have been the arc of my life would have been completely different.
1: I agree. I do agree. I, I, I this is a, this is a, a challenging pill to swallow for guys. It, it's gonna, it, it, it uh, confronts this whole notion of who we think we are. We're the guy that knows how to suffer and be tough and win and all that kind of shit. Um, uh, it it goes right up against all of that and challenges a lot of that. And, uh and it's for a little book, it packs a punch, man.
2: And, you know, this is not like Namby Pamby, like oversensitive BS. You know, I don't buy a lot of that. Cause I, I, you know, I think as men, we have to be men. We're not, we're not, you know, you I, you know, I'm in the Bay Area. There's a lot of like uh B-weight stuff here. And, you know, some of the men I meet are, are you know, quite feminine. Mm. right? Feminine energy, like, right. Mm-hmm. No, as men, we have to live the world as men. You know, that's like, we have to create things. We have to accomplish things. We have to, you know, be express ourselves. You know, we have this power to create. That's amazing. that's build things that the way we think and we put things together and you can do that from a male, you know, from a very masculine place. So loving yourself is not, uh, like feminine, it's just like, it's, it's in fact, it's more empowering, I'm more of a man now than I was ever before.
1: Well, I was going to say, this is the real power. This is real power. The other stuff I, I get is like a childish way of going about, like, I got to show, I got to prove, hmm. I got to get external validation from daddy, from mama, the world. And to me, this is like where the real power comes from. Um, and and it will require us to get out of that younger mindset.
2: Yeah, I actually had a, one of my readers who, a uh, who, uh, really good guy, he uh, was an infantry a lieutenant in uh, Iraq, right? and he came back and I, and he gave a talk and he loves the book and he uh we keep in touch and uh he um he actually gave a talk at West Point and he said I what I do was I took your love yourself book but got rid of the love words like love right and just took the same principles and gave this talk and it was a big hit. Like, because I, I kind of militarized it, you know?
1: <laughs> what, like, yeah, what's, the, what's the military
2: version <laughs> I of. don't know. He said one of these days you'll like record it. I was like, dude, that's great, man. Like, go for it.
1: I affirm myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> check.
1: I check and affirm myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, very cool. Well, Kamal Ravikant, author of Live Your Truth and Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It. Thank you so much, man.
2: Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you.
1: If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.